Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. On this 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we hear Christ exclaim, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Christ gives thanks and praise to the Father that these things, the things of God and the kingdom of heaven, have been hidden from the wise and the learned, that he revealed them to the humble and the childlike. But why does God choose to reveal himself to the childlike, those who are lacking in the ways of the world? Because those who are wise in the ways of the world believe themselves to be self-sufficient, completely autonomous, able to provide for themselves and think for themselves. They believe that they and they alone are in control of their future. They do not entreat God for his help because they do not believe in their hearts that they need his help. They are sure that the direction of their lives depends solely upon their own efforts. And thus they are unable to bring themselves to trust in God as children who depend upon their parents. Rather, they place themselves in the role of a parent in lieu of remaining content with the gift of being a child of God. Thus they attribute themselves a state beyond their own, the role of God. St. Alphonsus Liguri speaks of God's will to reveal himself to his children in his third discourse for the octave of Christmas. God has caused us to be born after the coming of Christ. What great thanks we owe him. For now redemption has been brought into effect by Jesus Christ. How much greater are the blessings we have received. Abraham, the patriarchs and prophets, all longed to see the Savior, but they did not know this happiness. They wore out heaven, so to speak, with their sighs and pleas. O heavens, they cried, like dew from above, like gentle rain, let the skies drop down the just one. Send forth the Lamb, the ruler of the land, then he will rule in our hearts and free us from slavery, in which we so wretchedly dwell. Show us, O Lord, your kindness, and grant us your salvation which is to say, make haste, most merciful God, and make your kindness rain down upon us by sending us the chief object of your promises, he who is to save us. Such were the sighs, such were the burning pleas of the saints before the coming of Christ. And yet for 4,000 years, they were deprived the happiness of witnessing his birth. This happiness was reserved for us. But what are we doing about it? What gain do we draw from it? Let us learn how to love this most loving Savior now that he is here and has freed us from the hands of our enemies, now that he has delivered us from eternal death at the price of his life 
and has opened paradise. Now he has furnished us with so many sacraments and with such powerful help so that we can love and serve him in peace in this life and be happy forever in the next. O oh, my soul, how truly ungrateful you are if you do not love your God, this God, who wanted to be shackled that you might be released from the chains of hell, weak to make you strong against your enemies, bowed down by suffering and sadness, to wash your sins clean with his tears. Jesus rejoices that the Father has revealed himself to the childlike, because the childlike are humble. They accept and trust in God as sons and daughters trust in their father. They recognize their dependence upon God and his grace, and they understand that they would be lost without his grace. This humility, this faith, knowing in their hearts that they depend upon God for all things, affords the childlike an overwhelming sense of peace and joy. The lives of the saints demonstrate for us true joy because from the heart they place their trust in God. They rely on him and derive joy from the knowledge that God's providential care is all-encompassing, regardless of whether or not they perceive their circumstances in this life to be good or bad. The saints understand that God loves them unreservedly, a God who loves them so much that he sent his only begotten son to become incarnate, to walk among us, teaching and healing us, and who then carried the weight of our sins to the cross, that he might win the victory over sin and death and reconcile all men to himself. This is the measure of God's love for us, and we should acknowledge that Christ offered his one eternal sacrifice for each and every one of us individually, that he loves us so much that he was willing to go to the cross for each one of us individually. This is what brings the saints joy, not a fleeting happiness, but a true and lasting joy. Thus, we must pray to God for the faith of the saints. We must ask for the grace to follow in the footsteps of Christ through the blessed times of happiness and joy, as well as in the difficult times of pain and suffering, knowing in our hearts that the Lord, Lord allows both for our spiritual benefit. And we must keep always in the forefront of our minds what Christ states in the Gospel of John, that no one comes to the Father except through him. Cardinal Henry Newman speaks of this passage within his writings on the Gospel of Matthew. If we feel the necessity of coming to Christ, yet the difficulty, let us recollect that the gift of coming is in God's hands. And we must pray that he give this gift to us. Christ does not merely tell us that we cannot come of ourselves, though this he does tell us. But he tells us also with whom the power of coming resides, with his Father that we may seek it of him. It is true, religion has an austere appearance to those who have never tried it. Its doctrines full of mystery, its precepts of harshness, 
so that it is uninviting, offending different men in different ways, but in some way offending all. When then we feel within us the risings of this opposition to Christ, proud aversion to his gospel, or a low-minded longing after this world, let us pray that God draw us to himself. And though we cannot move a step without him, at least let us try to move. He looks into our hearts and sees our strivings, even before we strive. And he blesses and strengthens even our feebleness. Let us get rid of curious and presumptuous thoughts by going about our business, whatever it is. And let us mock and baffle the doubts which Satan whispers to us by acting against them. Doubts may give us pain, but they cannot harm unless we give way to them. And that we ought not give way, our conscience tells us. Our course is plain, and the more we are earnest in working out our salvation, the less we shall care to know how things really are. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.